This is episode number 105 for September the 28th, and my name is Adam. And my name is Nathan. And we're taking a break from our top 100, because everyone's just been bothering us about doing St. Elmo's Fire. Can you hear that? Now <laughs> In I the can. background? <laughs> it's our washing machine. Did it just turn It on? was going fine. It, no, it just started... It's it's got issues. Uh, it's fine. Have you ever taken apart a washing machine? No. I feel like I need to do that because it's probably like socks and things that are like lodged somewhere. <laughs> and like every now and then it'll start humming the way it is now. It's been fine for the past like twenty minutes, uh, so it'll go away. Is is that a side load or a top load? Uh, top load. Okay. Because that's what my parents have, and they got a new one, and then they still chose to get a top load again. And it's just like, it's fine, but like trying to wash anything, like ours, it seems to go so quickly. I tried to uh, wash some clothes at their place a couple weeks ago, and it's just like, the thing is so (laughs) non-intuitive. Like, it's just, and it's like, it's treating, like, I uh, only had one shirt there or whatever, and it was, like, washing, and it was just, like, washing, like, a golf shirt or some sports shorts, so it's, like, just silky, like, it can just be so quick and just dry it, but it's, like, there's no settings on this stupid thing, and I know that's not just <laughs> the top load, but it's, like, the, yeah. <laughs> the like, twisting, oh, and, like, yeah. it's, like, oh, good night. This one's newer. It came with the house, so right. I don't know how old it is, but uh, it. I mean, it's a high efficiency, mm. or supposedly, I don't know if it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's up for debate, but uh, no, it's the, the noise has gone away, so there we're we good. Go. It adds a little flavor to the episode. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, St. Elmo's Fire. That's uh, the hot topic. Um, so but, why are we? Uh, before, why did? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was gonna do my. Do you have anything <laughs> you need to say before we get into it? Uh, <laughs> anything happened this week? <laughs> nope. I I did buy tickets for James Bond. Uh, two sets, the 7 o'clock and the 10.45, just because I might not be able to make the 7 o'clock one, but that's the preferable one. Uh, Are you going to scalp them if you can't? Well, I think I'll know within like 24 hours or 48 hours what's going to happen, and then you can just return them. Uh, 
So that, and then, so that's actually happening in less than two weeks away, which is exciting. Uh, was going to buy Shawshank on 4K, but then we looked at some reviews and people weren't overly impressed by it, and there's not a lot of extra features, so that, but, uh, yeah, just been watching my YouTube suggestions is just, like, Norm Macdonald or, uh, physical media reviews, <laughs> and that's, that's all it is, it's a lot of that, and John Boy, a baseball guy, that breaks down baseball plays, and I quite funny you would like it like they're only like three minute four minute clips so yeah no nothing anything new any i went to the dollar store in bradford and there was a ton of comics there mm. i did not buy anything but there was a lot i felt yeah they've been showing back up again <clears throat> i've gotten a few uh or at least <clears throat> most recently, Brenda, she'll like send me a text message being like, do you want any of these? Like with a picture. So there was uh, an Ant-Man one that I wanted just from her showing. It's not like I was like, I really need this. It was just because she showed me and I don't have any Ant-Man and it's a Scott Lang. So it's like newer and it's like any Ant-Man I have is like original Avengers Ant-Man, like Hank Pym, 60s. So this is kind of cool. I don't know where it is in relation, like, to the MCU, like, how new it is. Like, did, was this made after the movie and they're trying to be Paul Rudd? Right. But not, but, like, yeah. I don't know, just he, he kind of looks like him. Or is it, like, this is what the movie is based on? I don't know. I haven't put that much into it. Um, That's interesting because with that, uh, just quickly, the Spider-Man in this new Sony Spider-Man game, it was yeah. just like, this is generic Spider-Man, right? Like, this is outside the movies kind of thing. Mm. And apparently, there's a new James Bond movie or book <laughs> there's a new James Bond video game coming video game. out and it's going to be like based on his physical descriptions in the book it's not going to be anything from the movies directly just like by themselves and yeah I like when things do that once yeah. in a while where it's like trying to stand on their own a bit I might be wrong, but I thought that there was a James Bond that wasn't necessarily modeled after any one actor. I think like there was it a was game. after Pierce Brosnan, but it, it wasn't exactly him. But it was like after those movies, and it was just like, here's generic yeah. James Bond. Yeah, I think uh, Nightfire or something like that. There was a video game. Yeah. 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 No, I'm... Definitely in the Bond mood. Uh, Matt Gorley, James Bonding, did an hour episode, just trailer reactions and predictions for the movie. 
and then they'll do uh, something after the movie comes out. So excited about that, interested in that, and there's actually a James Bond podcast, an official one. So it is a little propaganda-y, but then there is little nit, little nuggets of information that are, and like they admit that like, uh, the Purvis and Wade are the guys that wrote the last seven movies, so they wrote Die Another Day and stuff, so like, and Casino Royale, but then they've had other writers involved with them while they're doing that, and the directors and producers, obviously, but it's just interesting, like, them talking about, like, how crazy they got, <laughs> and then they toned it down. You wouldn't think that's from the same people. Yeah. But, yeah. So, it's pretty good. Excited for that. Hockey starting up. Excited for that. I mean, my actual, my hockey, not the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, not, not much going on. I had ordered some glasses online. <laughs> there was a three-for-one sale. Oh, boy. But th- that's just for the frames. You pay for the lenses. <clears throat> so got Brenda some sunglasses, myself regular and sunglasses, same frames. And because my head is gigantic, they're too narrow, like, end-to-end. And I've been dealing with customer service, and it's like, there are only certain ones in the promotion. So it's like, uh, they send me the link. These are all the ones. So I go there and then apply these filters. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at what's big and whatever. So I pick some, and they're like, that doesn't apply to the promotion. It's like, well, I followed your link. (laughs) Then I'm like, here, why don't I tell you what I'm looking for? And they're like, here's some suggestions. And I'm like, well, what size are they? Because I need them to be at least this big. Like, I gave them my current size. They're like, oh, these are, like, smaller. I was like, well, if you don't have anything that's big enough, then just I'll return them. So... Sad, sad end to that story. I'm returning these glasses, and Brenda gets to keep her sunglasses at least. Oh, that's a, that's which a, were the ones that I paid full price for. So no, no big deal. Uh, yeah, I I hear you. I live a life of a giant head as well. And yeah. Hats never fit properly. The no. only hats that kind of fit properly now are like just worn out completely, and like I'll mistreat them and chuck them through the wash so they'll get like loosened up and stuff and like then they'll kind of fit but like yeah yeah it's it's a shame i wish i had a little bit smaller head (laughs) yeah i uh i don't tend to wear baseball hats right they apparently do not suit me which is funny because in uh like Grade eight, uh, specifically grade eight. I don't know about any other years. I always wore a baseball hat, but backwards. I was a backwards hat kind of guy. Right. I had a couple. One of them, like, the main one I can remember, grade eight. It was a red New York Yankees hat, but it had 
It was like some sort of Asian symbol for the Yankees on the front, which was turned around, so it was my back. And it wasn't a snapback. It was one of the fitted kind. And then the regular Yankees symbol was at the back, so it was on my forehead when I was wearing it backwards. Wore that every day. And I obviously in school, I had to take it off. But like that was my thing. Like I always had that hat on which is weird now because now if I'm wearing a hat it's got to be uh kind of like the fedora style like I have a few of those or like a newsy hat yeah and those I can get that are like nice and loose the one like I I love my black uh newsy hat but it's more of a winter hat because <laughs> it's like a thick I don't know what the material is. I'm sure it's wool or something. But, uh, yeah, that's my uh, yeah. my hat story. Yeah, no. These are, <laughs> and glasses. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I have bought glasses online before. I think this site, like, this is where the first one I ever used to buy online glasses. And I think they've changed it because they don't show all the measurements. Usually I'm pretty good with getting something that fits, but they don't show all of them. It's like the frame width and the bridge width, and that's it. It's like that is not the total width of the glasses. Right. Sam so. was getting some good deals out of Quebec with free uh, shipping and returns. So Yeah, the, the returns they paid for for these two of them sending back, so... That's why I'm not that upset. It's just the deal would have been nice. But uh, uh, the pair that I'm wearing now, the site that I got those off, I went and looked, found some that fit, put on all the shades, all the lenses and everything. It came out to be cheaper than this other one I was looking at anyway. So probably just get those. But I do need some regular frames, or I'd like some. I don't need them, but... It's always nice to switch it up every now and then. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Uh, So, why are we stopping our top 100 and out of all the movies that exist, why did we... Why is this something in our lives? Well... They haven't made Real Steel 2 yet. Otherwise, it would be that. Uh, I heard someone talk this week. I don't think it was Film Junk. Somewhere else. Where it was like, this is my Real Steel. When someone else like was saying how much they liked it. And then they were saying themselves. Maybe it was Film Junk. Where it was just like, this is my Real Steel. It was pretty... Somewhere. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe it was a line of sight fan and they were referring yeah, to probably. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're taking a break because uh, I figured it would be good to break up these top 100 because, I mean, it's a lot of the same, even though we're talking about different movies every week. Yeah. But uh, it's less work to just do this one movie. That's one thing. Uh, I don't know. Have you been watching a lot of your top 100 still and reordering and doing all that still? Uh, I looked at my next 20 
last night, and it's like, I gotta, it's like, to check on something, and it's like, surprisingly, I've seen, there's only like one in there, where it's like, I should rewatch that, everything else I feel like I've seen in the last two years, easily, so, yeah, I feel pretty caught up with that, getting pretty excited with them all. Yeah. I have that yeah. one that I said I dumped out. I got to replace that still. <laughs> and, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do with that, but it'll work out. Maybe St. Elmo's Fire will swing yeah. in there. You never know. For sure. Um, have you put anything into that spreadsheet? No. But, so is that just, like, only I can see that? Or does it matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm sure eventually. Like, I I figured, I'll have to see, because I think I've made some changes, like, added some things on my copy. Um, I've put in, the other day I just went through and put in uh, all the movie titles years genres because i could look at the look at those in my list on uh on letterboxd without having to click on things and then by memory put in the directors that i knew for sure but other than that i i have most of mine filled in so listeners this is a spreadsheet i made up for the top 100 for stats because we're going to go through these after we're done uh, all 100, just to find out some things like uh, the decades, breakdown of decades of movies that are in our list, genres, um, scores, who are top directors, and even studios are, uh, and whether anyone dies or not in a movie. (laughs) Yeah, and other things. Anything that we can think of. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go through. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't include this actors. If if there were any notable trends, maybe we can kind of go through and tally some of those up. I thought maybe it would be interesting, at least our top tens. I don't even know if about ten, maybe fives, like how we've already done the, those actors and actresses and just seeing who has the most, like your number one actor was Denzel, but on your top 100, how many would he be in? I know you've already mentioned some. Well, no, that's... uh, Yeah, that's... uh, I have a problem. I was thinking that with my actresses. Yeah. That I don't have a ton of... Like, I will have Sigourney. I've mentioned Galaxy Quest already. And... I'll have, uh, obviously, some of the Alien movies, but, like, Jessica Chastain, if I don't have Zero Dark Thirty, what else am I going to have of hers? Like, there's a ton of movies that I'd like her in, but I'm not going to have The Help or The Martian or, I guess, you'll probably have Interstellar. But that's not my list. That's your list. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and we already did my whole run of Sigourney, and she's not on my list. Right, but exactly. she might be like one of the. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. But like when we did, I know those I do have lists, quite a few Denzels. I still have but, a lot of Denzels, even though I took one of his out. <laughs> I still yeah. have a lot. Maybe, but I'm I just, just remember when we were doing those actress lists. Usually, we only had one or two reasons why right. they were on our list. Whereas with the guys, it's like all these movies. Yeah. So I know that there's a few um, guys like that, but like even Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm thinking there's like three right. on my list, which is probably the three that I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. How about Emilio Estevez? You have him? I wonder. Probably not. Uh, Mighty Ducks is not on my list. <laughs> uh, I don't know that anyone in St. Elmo's Fire is in any of the movies in my top 100, which is surprising because there's a lot of people Actually, no, that's not true because there's at least one side character I know would be. Um, oh, what's her name? A- oh, Andy McDowell. Her as well. Yeah, I was thinking of the guy, the bartender. The bartender. Or not bartender, but like the owner of St. Elmo's is the guy in... Uh, you texted me while you're watching it, Home Improvement Guy. Yeah, I know, but what movie's he in? Or have you not mentioned it yet? Uh, I don't think I've mentioned okay. it. We'll let it, we'll let it. There's a little tease, maybe you can come up with it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just get into it then. We're, uh... We're teasing we away here. So... We, do, we just love our top 100, we can't get enough. So, St. Elmo's Fire, I... Th- you correct me if we're wrong, if I'm we're wrong if I'm wrong, but I feel like this came up just in that like one of our trips to the antique market, just like a revelation that we both really enjoy this song. Is that all it is, or uh, and the, the, I think the actual record? The, like yeah, we're looking at records, and I don't know if you pulled it out and say, like, oh, I own it. Yeah, I have it now. I don't know if I did when we were talking about it. But I do remember that. Well, you obviously both do. It's a significant point in our lives talking about the St. Elmo's Fire soundtrack. But I know for a fact when we talked about that at first, I would have been referring to the actual score. Okay. And then, and you, like, I think I was like, oh, yeah, love that. I don't know if I would have said song or love the music. And then I think you started talking about the, the like, single from it, right. St. Elmo's Fire Bracket, Man in Motion right. by one John Parr, which is obviously also a great track. But I think to me... Uh, and in my notes, I, I figured we need to get into music first because this is how it first came up between us. Right. So the reason why I had like the score in my head was 
my mom had a David Foster CD. Okay. And it was like greatest hits or something. And I think I have a burned copy of it now somewhere. And so the the love theme from St. Elmo's Fire was on it. And that's like, if someone mentions David Foster, that's the first thing I think of. Some people don't know who he is. I think he's mostly a producer now. I'm sure he was at the time then. Looking it up, he hasn't done a lot of scores. Like, he did a couple in the 80s, and that was it. He did the, like, Winter Olympics music one year, like 84 or something. Uh, Or was this 84? Um, But, yeah, there's that love theme I've known for most of my life because of that CD that my mom would play. And uh, that was my introduction to this. Didn't know the movie until whenever that was that we were talking about it. I I still don't think I had seen the movie. I don't know if you would have yet or you just also just knew that one song. I think probably just knew it from that and easy listening, Lovers and Other Strangers on... 98.1 98.1 with Don Jackson and things like that. Uh, yeah. No, I think I just knew it from the radio. And I feel like yeah. this song is not that popular. I think it's because of David. I hear it on every now and then. Yeah. No, but I feel like it's more of a Canadian thing for some reason. Probably. Because of uh, David Foster. Frost? Yeah. David Foster. <laughs> Froster, yeah, he he's an X Men. Uh, uh, no, he's uh, Max uh, Slushy. Oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's what they call it. Well, it's Circle K now, so that's now American. But yeah, so John John Parr is English, apparently. Yeah, and for so yeah, I guess it is more the David Foster aspect. David Foster, if you watch a lot of Andre Bocelli YouTube, <laughs> you'll see him. Uh, playing piano with them and stuff. But, yeah. I think he's also married to someone super young right now. Well, good I don't for think him. he always was. I think, oh yeah, uh, Catherine McPhee. He's oh yeah. married to Catherine McPhee. Yeah, I for some reason knew that. Uh, but then also was defending it in an argument <laughs> where it's like, because it seems successful, right? Like, I assume that they're still married or whatever. But it's just like, as long as it like works, it. go for it. It's just like, 
pathetic when well, it's just 2019. That's so. Oh, is that? They're still going strong. Oh, really? I thought it <laughs> Two was years. Long time I thought it was ago. longer, but I thought they had. Well, maybe they do have kids already. Uh Oh, well. But I think he was also on a reality TV show. I think there was something like The Fosters or We're the Fosters or something like that. Uh, okay. I don't know. Uh, David Foster off the record. I don't know what that is. Oh, here's the here's the album. Dave, I think it maybe it's not a greatest hits. It's just called David Foster. Um, album. Let me read you some of the the tracks. Maybe you'll recognize them. Love theme from Saint Elmo's Fire. Instrumental, right off the bat. Uh, theme from The Color Purple with Quincy Jones. Flight of the Snowbirds. These, I think, are... I don't know if they're singing in these. I thought there was. There's definitely some that have uh, singing in it. All That My Heart Can Hold, The Best of Me, Tap Dance, Who's Gonna Love You Tonight, Elizabeth, Playing With Fire, Sajay... I don't know what that word is. Those are those are the hits, people. Um, oh, okay. Olivia Newton-John is in the best of me. That song, Richard Page vocals on "Who's Gonna Love You Tonight." Anyways, check it out if you like the love theme for "Say Hello's Fire." He looks so cool on the cover too. He's uh, just all shadowy, including his five o'clock shadow, his 80s hair. Um, Little information on David Foster's personal life, just from quick glance at Wikipedia. He has been married five times. Catherine, young Catherine, is only 37. And he is now 71. So that's quite the gap. Over a 30-year gap. So, and he has a bunch of kids. And whatever. But yeah, that's a little interesting. I didn't didn't know that. But uh, hopefully this time it works out. I assume it almost will because he'll die soon. Okay, here's, here's, this is funny. The Princes of Malibu, this is what I was thinking of. The series followed Brandon and Brody Jenner, the adult sons of Olympic champion Caitlyn Jenner, and former Miss Tennessee USA, Linda Thompson, uh, who at the time was married to David Foster. So in Foster's Malibu estate, Linda spoiled the boys, treated them as though they could do no wrong, while Foster wanted the freeloaders to get jobs and straighten their lives out. With their friend Spencer Pratt, the boys got themselves into various hijinks. I think I remember this show existing. Yeah. uh, Premiered on Fox July 10, 2005. There were six episodes broadcast. <laughs> so, not a success, obviously. We should do a spin-off. And discuss those six episodes. 
Yeah. In depth. <laughs> so, David Foster, that's number my number one reason for this movie. Yours, John Parr, other than listening to that on the radio. Yeah. No other connections. Uh, I am, and then I'm generally interested. I wasn't raised on the, we can get into all this, but the Brat Pack and 16 Candles and Pretty yeah. in Pink and Breakfast Club and all that stuff. But I was generally always interested in it. Like, the idea, like, just what this thing is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was interested in that because I, of all those movies, uh, I've seen The Breakfast Club a number of times. And I think this is probably like my second full watch through of St. Elmo's yeah, Fire. Yeah, mine too. I don't know that I've seen it much more, maybe third, but I... I forgot a lot about it. I couldn't tell you. And I um, thought things happen when they didn't happen and vice versa so yeah yeah so what's interesting though looking up the brat packs i'm like who who is the brat pack because that term was thrown around and apparently according to wikipedia so it must be true Mm -hmm. when that was coined it was this year not our current year of our Lord 2021, but 1985 that St. Elmo's fire came out because that was the same year that the breakfast club came out, which is bizarre, shocking. Like the fact that there's three. Yes. I think only three in this movie that are in both. Um, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy and Emilio Estevez. Uh, and they're, like post grad in this, but high school in Breakfast Club. Right. <laughs> it's like insane. Uh, so I'm like, I look up Brat Pack, and it was to do with those two movies, and almost includes the the entire cast of both of them, uh, with the exception of a few and. Sometimes people, when they refer to it, include some of the other movies that you've mentioned. Because, yeah, I thought for sure Pretty in Pink would have been part of that because that has Molly Ringwald and, uh, what's this guy's name, Andrew McCarthy. I don't know who else. I haven't seen that one. Um, And what was another one? I don't know. Around the time, they're like the Outsiders had Rob Lowe, and I think he's the only tie to this. But then, some people would include him. And what movie had Robert Downey Jr. Because he was sometimes included. I think the the phrase was thrown around with just like that age group, right? And partying, yeah. But it started with these two movies because I guess like. Rob Lowe and uh, some of the guys. I think Andrew McCarthy, I read a quote where it's like, I, once that movie wrapped, St. Elmo's Fire, I did not see any of these people again. <laughs> like, we're not friends. Right. Like, it, it was just the movie. Yeah. So I'm sure some of them were in some sort of group 
uh, yeah. partying. Like Emilio, Charlie Sheen, I'm sure, was part of it too. Uh, so it's just this weird thing. Demi Moore, for sure, uh, was name-dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure she just plays herself in St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> yeah, I read that too, where she had to go to rehab before this movie. And it's just like, it's a weird character to Why play. would you take this part then if you're out of rehab? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I heard, like, to count it as a uh, Rat Pack movie, it has to have at least two of the cast in either movie kind of thing. So, like, if you're just, like, a one-off, then it doesn't fit the category. Obviously, this is completely useless and <laughs> only yeah. because it's just like okay someone used this term to refer to this <laughs> like it was like a new york times yeah. article or something in 85 or whatever and it's just like who cares and it's like it is similar to the rat pack where it's like there's the obvious core but it's like who cares <laughs> like, yeah it's just... and then i don't know if you would recall the frat pack uh, who would no. in, be included in that? So someone tried to coin that for, um, I think the the jumping point for that would have been old school, which had Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, and Luke Wilson, and because a lot of like, I think Judd Apatow, even though that has nothing to do with those, it's like kind of became them too like the Seth Rogen and James Franco and Jason Siegel and yeah. Jay Baruchel like all these all those kind of guys like I think that's more just Judd Apatow's friends like yeah. <laughs> or he cast them in uh, what was it called not oh uh, Undeclared was his TV show uh, and there was a lot of those guys in it oh and Freaks and Geeks I guess was first and then, uh, yeah, so he was just, I heard a thing that he, despite being canceled, he made those actors into stars by just casting them and everything. And that's how that came to be. But yeah, Will Ferrell and some of that, like, I'm sure Anchorman, I don't know, like, this is one of those things where it's like, there's going to be overlap in movies. Right. But every now and then there is like, oh, these guys again. But I don't know, some, it, it being a large group, I think those early Apatow movies are probably the closest other than like there being an actual group where they are the ones making the movies. Cause these, I think it's just, they were casting who was young and hot at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know to say like, I don't even know who today would be included in any of that, but like, Obviously, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are working together on purpose for Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, Holmes and Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they did anything else. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, and like, yeah, there's like Broken Lizard, The Lonely Island. Like, there's groups like that where, yeah, they're just a a team, right. so they're working together on things. So, yeah. no, it's it's fine. It's interesting. There's definitely like yeah, these teenage coming of age movies, 
uh, in the 80s where they were pretty popular and uh, hit a certain uh, level of pop culture. And it is interesting because you kind of assume that they're good movies. Uh, I always did. Like, I've only seen, I think, Breakfast Club as well, like twice. I like 16 Candles and uh, Pretty in Pink. So, but, like, they're not, I don't think they're amazing. Maybe if you were the same age as his characters when they came out, they were amazing. Yeah. But they're not, like, you go back to them uh, and, like, having no clue. Like, when our kids are teenagers, go back to these, it's like, they're not going to think, oh, this is amazing where other classics are undeniable like but i have to yeah but i think that that happens no matter what like i just watched this is the perfect example (laughs) because this is not made for me but i just watched m from like 1930 something fritz lang's m it's a german black and white and it's like Citizen Kane's Citizen Kane. Like it had all these groundbreaking camera moves and techniques and yeah, yeah, yeah. the acting and all this. And it's like, uh, I, I was at least beginning to end entertained by Citizen Kane. But this M movie, I was like, I'm not like I'm falling asleep and I appreciate things in it that it's like, yeah, it's well done but I can't give it a five because I was like, n- not that I wasn't following it, but it's, it's from another time. So it's like, yeah. not, not for me. It, I'm sure there are people today that can watch it and just gush about it, but it's not going to be me. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't even know if at the time St. Elmo's Fire was considered like this amazing movie. I think it was probably no. successful, Yeah, but like, in terms of being like an amazing movie, I think it was like they just they I mean they still do uh, churn stuff out, but it's a little different now because there's a lot of direct video or streaming, uh, yeah, and just no an this saturation. This would be a perfect direct to Netflix movie. Uh, no, I read some of the uh, critical responses at the time and they this is this movie sucks this is a garbage movie it is I think can be quite a I laughed out loud sitting by myself multiple times probably three or four times and that barely happens in, when I'm watching comedies like this movie is hilarious, and I don't think it's intentional. It is so bad. There are a couple of critical responses that I wrote down. The director, quote, brutally untalented, and then it has the moral age of a 15-year-old. <laughs> like, it is so... Uh, I do not like... This is, like... Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, and Pretty in Pink are so much better. Even, like, a later version, like, 
well, not that much later, I think it's 86, Ferris Bueller, like, for teenage-ish stuff, far superior. Like, this is brutal. Did you like this movie, Adam? I don't even know. Yeah, I was so I was holding off on my review. I did see yours, and I was shocked, Nathan, at how much you disliked it. I don't think it's amazing, but maybe it is uh, a bit of classitosis where it's like, this This is a classic, everyone likes this movie kind of feeling. But I don't think it is amazing, but I do like this movie. And it is weird because I've reading some reviews and stuff, uh, I'm just looking at Rotten Tomatoes. So it's 43 critic rating on the tomato meter, but 68 audience score. So it's like, it's pretty middle of the road for both ends. Right. Uh, but there are people that like it and maybe some of that's nostalgia. And for me, I obviously only saw this recently. It's a year older than I am. So it's not like, well, I could have seen it when I was five and always watched it every year from then, but I didn't. Uh, for me though, I, I can see all the reasons to hate this movie because it is so melodramatic do you ironically like it like or do you think it's genuinely good because i have no problem i the i ironically like it too like i could easily watch this again with a group like i can watch attack of the clones too anytime but it's i think it's uh categorically or like provably uh objectively bad Okay, well, here's my thoughts on it. Um, I would say I like it. I genuinely like it more than any of the prequels, the Star Wars prequels. (laughs) Uh, Same genre. (laughs) What I think it is, heavily doing some of the heavy lifting is the score. (laughs) I... If a score has me, I'm into the movie. <laughs> yeah, I can see like, that. It is, it is a banger. And uh, I, I think I do like these kinds of movies. If I like the cast, even though, uh, as many reviews have said, most, if not all, the characters are unlikable. Uh, I think... I still like uh, a few of them. Um, somewhat ironically, like most of them do some pretty terrible things. I think the only one that maybe doesn't is the what's her name, the dorkier girl. Yeah, Wendy. Okay. Is the character. So Wendy. Her and uh, Ali Sheedy's character. Uh, She's not she's, as bad. She's, but yeah, she, she's just kind of caught in the middle of a love triangle. She doesn't do anything wrong, I don't think. Well, I think she does a few things wrong, but just the the mindset of these people is so I'm gonna do it, Adam. Retarded. <laughs> these people are retarded. <laughs> All of them. 
Like, actually. Well, it was the 80s. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I honestly think, I'm not sure what where you blame this movie. Like, I think they're genuine. I'm not even kidding. I think the cast and crew, director, everyone is coked out of their minds. And they think this is, this is a student film elevated and like there is nothing here like i think it's fun but i don't think it's they're yeah that's i don't think this is on purpose like i think they're thinking this is good high drama like this is a drama well that's okay so that's my other main thought is uh they think it's way better than it is. Way like you better. get that impression well, of like this is deep, this is important. Right. And important. really when you're watching it, it's like, what? Have you seen the big chill? <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna bring that up because it's like that's like the adult version of this. Right. And where it's like I don't this think... group of friends and yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's like I don't really like any of these characters. I don't think the big chill's that good, but it is way better. I gotta watch that again because I've seen that one once, and uh, I remember it's like, oh well, Jeff Goldblum's in it, and it's got a pretty good other cast. He's the worst of them in that; like, he's completely unlikable, which is shocking. But uh, yeah, that one it's like not coming of age, but like dealing with life kind of right. movies. I and I will say this: these types of movies, because there's. Broadcast news is another dealing with life type of movie, but they take it completely different way. Even Ferris Bueller, which is more of a comedy, like there is some teenage angst in it with the sister or whatever, but it's these are so self-serious and important. They think they're important and they think they're saying something. And that they're unique. And like no one's ever gone through what they've gone through. But this and The Big Chill. There's so many movies like this. Where it's just like. Hollywood. Elite. Like upper class. Angst. And it's just like. Just get a hold of yourself. Like you have no. Like you're talk. You are the most affluent people. To ever exist. <laughs> like, you're so, like, oh, what is my, uh, what's my story gonna be? Where, where do I fall in this universe? I gotta do something that gives me meaning and all this stuff. Like, the values that these characters hold is, are completely contemptible. Like, it's in this movie especially. Like, they're all... Almost all of them are horrible people and retards at that. <laughs> like, just like, and I think at the time though, like people would have seen this and thought they were cool. Yeah. I don't, but now in our d- day and age, it's like you all need to get your act together. <laughs> like, right. But then <laughs> at the same time, there's lots of people nowadays that think lots of people are cool. Like, everyone always thinks people are cool that who are not cool. Okay. Do you have an example? Our prime minister. I don't know who you're thinking of. 
he I thinks guess. he's cool, and people think he is cool. I'm surprised to hear that people think he's cool. People love him, and this isn't even I, I mean, like, this isn't even re-elected, the politics but. thing, because take politics for example. This is a perfect example, actually, because you can take like the policy out of it. I don't love him, but Barack Obama is kind of cool. Justin Trudeau is a doof and thinks he's cool and it's like no we you don't understand that no one likes you and you're a doof barack obama you could disagree with him but it's like no he gives a pretty good speech there is not a liberal america and a conservative america there is the united states of america there is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. And he's a pretty slick guy yeah. and charismatic. Whereas, like, this, I wasn't this, happy that he got voted in, but like, and I was like, oh, he's just getting voted in on charisma. And it's like, but I can put up with that. Well, that's the thing. Like, like he isn't, it's not a fake charisma. At least it's like he is. <laughs> Charismatic. Well, that's the thing. Like a JFK <laughs> or an Obama, it's like, hey, whatever. There, there is charisma there. Like Justin Trudeau, it's just like you are nothing. You are just a pathetic little. Uh, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> well, but he is like because like, oh man, you see his speeches. Compare any of his speeches to like the worst Obama speech, right? And Obama can still yeah. be talking about nothing. They're both talking about nothing, typical politician <laughs> stuff. But it's like... But in the values that this government is putting forward, this country is a country of openness, of respect, of compassion, of the rule of law, of the rights of the individuals, of freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from crime, freedom to love who you want, not be judged for it freedom to do what you want with your body yeah it's just like there's it just upsets me that he thinks he's cool (laughs) and (laughs) St. Elmo's Fire I think St. Elmo's Fire and uh, Ferris Bueller is a great example Ferris Bueller is cool St. Elmo's Fire is not Well, okay, so this is interesting, though. I think The Breakfast Club is cool. It's closer, for sure. Breakfast Club is a hundred times better than this. So half the cast of this, they're playing different roles. It's not like they're clones, but... Is there something more cool about high school? Because Ferris Bueller is also just ditching school. But then this, it's like you're dealing with real life things with marriage, kids, uh, drugs, like all these like jobs, like going to like uh, becoming a lawyer, all these like real life things that aren't cool. Ditching high school and getting detention—that's kind of cool because you're like, oh, you're sticking it to the man, but it's just 
school. Like it's not like anything high stakes. Yeah. But what in this real world, it's like they're creating these problems for them to have, and it's like, yeah, but that's not like it's not a cool thing to be dealing with. <laughs> so I think the movie kind of comes off like that, where it's like it thinks it's like those other movies that are set in high school, but it's it doesn't have the same charm. It has when no, it's n- n- that. Yeah, I would. I don't think Breakfast Club is perfect by any stretch, but there is some pieces of reality in it uh, with like the little different groups in high school and like perceptions and all this stuff and pressures. I think this is so far off the mark. I am trying to, I think your point is valid, but I think you could make a 22 year old based movie and make it good. Yeah, I think just specifically the things in here. I th- so I said I my favorite would be Ali Sheedy. I just like her in general. Like she I like her in in The Breakfast Club. I love Short Circuit. Uh so she has a bit of an advantage. I think she's also just likable in this movie and doesn't do anything terrible and I like her character. I like. Um, I think she is pretty good throughout. Uh, I don't think all her decisions are the best, and I'm a little. I don't like this. This whole, like, it is such a fake. It is one of those movies where it's like they're so pushing their own agenda, where it's like. I think you believe what you're saying, but I know you don't actually. The whole thing of, like, all these men in this movie are so, like, obsessed with love, or a couple of them at least, and want to get married, and all the women are not. And it's such a fake, like, post-1960s, 70s, like, feminist movement type BS, where it's like, preaching oh like none of these women want to get married as if as if like (laughs) like if that guy for real wasn't like cheating and like just assume he's not cheating and he's a normal guy and has his job down why wouldn't she want to get married it's like even people i know and it's not even it has nothing to do with religion or anything like that all the secular people i know it's like deep down all these girls I know this sounds so misogynistic and sexist to say it, but deep down, I know they all want to get married. 99% of them. And they're lying to themselves that they don't. It's my go-to thing. Oh, what's her name? Avril Lavigne. I remember seeing a picture of her, not in punk, gangster, whatever, clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, and she had like her hair done up like a normal person and like wearing a dress and I'm like deep down she still wants to be a princess and it's just like <laughs> I knew it I knew it and they're all like this and it's uh it's just like the culture is lying to them and then they're just repeating what the culture has told them as if they wouldn't want to get married but I think that in the in 1985 I do believe that someone just out of high school would have that mentality where it's like, I want like 
talking about but the women's just out of, stuff. I th- they're just out of or college. Sorry, out of college. Out of college, not high school. I think yeah, especially being out of college when they're being exposed to all this and they mentioned being part of the young Democrats and like no. all this. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I'm not saying... I just I don't think it's just the movie's agenda. I think that people were actually no, like that. Or that yes. was a demographic at the time. A hundred percent, and people are still like that. A hundred. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's even an inaccurate portrayal. I think what she's saying, people would have said back then. I'm just I don't buy it. Like, not that I don't buy that people say these kinds of things. I just don't believe what they tell me that they believe deep down. And like uh, all this stuff. I believe it at the time of this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have so many things to say. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even opened my notes no, yet. I, okay. Um, first thing, other than my very first note, because you've mentioned in reviews the director. Did you see who the director is? I did, and then forgot Joel Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. And I'm like, the Batman guy? And then it struck me, it's like, well, what else has he done? Because to me, that's like the only thing I know is the two like worst Batman movies. His resume is all over the place. Like, it's insane. Uh, Like, he's done... Doesn't he produce, though, too? Um... He is only a producer on nine things, a writer on 12, one being St. Almost Fire. Uh, well, most of them are um, things before that, actually. But, okay, director, let me just do this. I know I won't say all of them in chronological, but he did St. Almost Fire and then The Lost Boys. It's like, genre-wise, they're not the same, but, like, the 80s. It's like, okay, I, I could see those being yeah. the same. Flatliners, I don't know if you've seen that. It's a different tone altogether, but it's like, yeah, I could see how he goes to that. And then skip forward a bit. Uh, I haven't seen Falling Down, but that seems seen that. different. And then The Client, so we're getting to John Grisham. Then he did Batman Forever. Then A Time to Kill, back to Grisham. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin, and then he did 8mm, which is like a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, Tigerland, which is a war movie. Bad Company was uh, like thriller with Chris Rock <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins, yeah, I think. Yeah, I know the cover. <laughs> that didn't do well. Uh, phone Booth with uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, Phantom of the Opera, the <laughs> 2004. So now we're doing a musical. It's just like these seem, there's no consistency. No. And I, I kind of figured it'd all be kind of stuff like the Batman movies. And it's like, maybe that's just him doing comic book movies is making them crazy because they're comics. But the rest, it's like, they're not that kind of campy stuff, but not that they're, there's many that are like even that good, but it's just weird that Saint Almost Fire seems like that was like his uh, big, big starting thing, and especially having written it. Um, yeah, that's brutal. So that's that's it. It makes perfect sense. 
Saint Elmo's Fire and Batman and Robin make perfect sense together. <laughs> they are on this. They are both made with a twelve-year-old mind about what is cool and what is drama and angsty and important. And uh, yeah, it feels like someone that doesn't understand actual relationships and the world and just like has a weird perception or like a younger person's perception it's just like yeah man this movie sucks yeah he (laughs) he died last year so just be careful what you say (laughs) uh uh Right. Uh, there's some Seinfeld line I want to say. I'm trying to remember what it is. Forgot. Uh, so, you own this movie. Is there any commentaries or any extra features? Uh, I think there is a commentary, actually. See, I would um, definitely watch that. I think it's... I think it is Joel Schumacher, maybe a producer or I don't know if there's another writer on it. And then like one of the cast. Right. I'm trying to think who it might have been. Maybe. I don't know. I would be guessing. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn here because this is important. But I'm pretty sure I did see there is a commentary. Uh, Most important bonus feature is... The Man in Motion music video. Yeah, we should talk which, about that first. That we have, we okay. So that was, I think, part of our conversation. I hadn't seen the video. I knew the song. Right. When uh, we were at the the flea market looking at records, and I think you told me the absurdity of the video. It's the and best. I had to look it up when I got home. It's one of the best things ever. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. If you put. If you said put that music video, the music and the movie together, then this might be a five out of five. (laughs) (laughs) So the best thing or one of the great things about that music video is the cast is in it. And who uh, who sings the song? John Parr. So, 80s guy, 80s yeah. rock guy. Big hair. But, so the cast is in it, and they're, it's going, it's going. I, did, I gotta rewatch it, I should watch it right now, but. I did rewatch it, because it was on the DVD. So, what you see of the cast at first, <clears throat> typical uh, movie song, like music video, where they're showing clips of the movie yeah. throughout and then cutting to John singing, 
And then I think what it is supposed to be is uh, St. Elmo's Bar. And, like, it starts out, the cast is kind of, like, looking in the window. It looks like it's, like, shut down. It almost looks like there was a fire there or something. It looks deserted. But I think that's what it's supposed to be is the bar. So they're looking in the window. And then, like, cutting in the song and John singing. And he comes and looks in the window. And, like, eventually it gets to the, like, end or, like, the last big chorus or something. And they're all inside. And it's... John Parr, the John Parr, yes, the John Parr, and the main cast, and they're all just kind of sitting inside the bar, but it looks deserted again, and they're all kind of spread out, and he's just like walking from actor to actor, serenading them with St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion, (laughs) and their reactions, it's just like... They're just like nodding and smiling and like it's so awkward. The best <laughs> way like... I can describe it as how you see uh, the kids singing along with Barney. If you can get that picture in your head of like just like the overly like like just like and just like the like oh God, gee golly or whatever just like when like they're uh Oh, it's unbelievable. The I think it's Rob Lowe especially, like he puts his head down and oh, just laughs. For sure. it's yeah, just, and there's like some hands on shoulders yeah. and stuff like that. It, like it, it's yeah, just think, so buddy think buddy. Of the cheesiest like <laughs> Christmas pictures from the eighties, like of a family and it's just like uh like George Michael and Arrested Development like when you put like your chin your hand under your chin for like a picture. <laughs> like it's all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's definitely one of them. I I think it's Rob Lowe. Like he definitely stands out as yeah. like one of the campiest, but like yeah, campy's a someone does a laugh oh, yeah. where it's <laughs> and he pats where him it's on like, the back. <laughs> yeah, like there's like a laugh where it's kind of like well, the way his face is is like someone was telling a story. And you're kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, that kind of reaction. But it's this guy singing this 80s song. And he, <laughs> they're reacting to that. <laughs> like, I think that's the weird thing is yeah. that it's like, so what's going on here? Like, obviously, it's a music video. Yeah. But, like, there's just this this bum singing in this, like, warehouse, abandoned warehouse. And you're like, all just enjoying it. it. That is a small part of the music video, but it's right at the end and it is so amazing where it's just like, yeah. yeah, you can skip right to the end. No one will judge you, but I mean, the song's great. You can listen to it and then just watch the end. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to Bill Burr talk about eighties rock and it is interesting. And I, th- I guess it's for every decade that like there is like, I think of, today's music as being garbage but there is genuinely good modern music and like so much of the 80s does suck but then like I think this song is a perfect example of like maybe not like good all time stuff but good 80s stuff and like some Bon Jovi stuff and like there is like good the, the stuff on top is good, but, like, when it's just, like, generically, 
um, when they had that formula down and just like repeating it, repeating it, it's like, yeah, this stuff sucks. <laughs> Some of it. But Man in Motion does not suck. This is a great, catchy song. So, yeah. And you will, I'm sure you will be hearing that. We should just play that on repeat. I'm sure you've heard it at least twice already in this podcast. We'll just have that music underneath the whole time to kill out the dryer. By the Para State. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I think we've got that music out of our system. Kind of going beat by beat. Not really, but the first thing in the movie is you see them all awkwardly holding each other. Yeah. In their gowns, gowns. and well, graduation caps walking away from a building. Right. And it's like... It's exploding the, behind them the, and they're walking yeah, in slow motion. This <laughs> scene makes no sense, but I have zero problems with it. But my only issue with it... It's a good establishing, like, these are friends and they just graduated. Yeah, no, there exactly. I have no problem. My only... I have no issue with it. My only issue with it <laughs> is, like, what's the timeline on this movie? We always... We love our Independence Day, Beauty and the Beast, We're talking about how many days passed, and, like figuring out, like, timelines of movies. This movie, at sometimes, feels like years are going by, and then sometimes it's, like, weeks or days are going by. Uh, It's hard to tell. Yeah, this, I'm sure they say it um, early on, like, how much time like how long they've been out of school for. I'm pretty sure that is mentioned at some point. Um, But yeah, in the bulk of the movie, it feels like, yeah, there's a lot of time jumps, but at the same time, there's like this story, uh, like subplot type thing of jewels played by Demi Moore and she's like having to figure out her stepmother's funeral arrangements because she's in a coma coma or something. But it's like, so how long is she in this coma? Because it feels like this is going on forever. Right. (laughs) Like (laughs) while all this stuff is happening, this is like this through line, like thing she's dealing with that they keep bringing up right into the end. Like, I think that's like one of the last jokes Yeah, is something about like, Oh, Oh yeah. It's like, so I, I found out that it's only $300 to bury a cat. So I'm going to just put my stepmother in a big cat suit. And like, that's like the last line. If I could interrupt the, I was hearing, where did I hear this? Cremation. It's a thing, mm-hmm. apparently, for people to dump ashes in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. This is a thing. It would have never occurred to me. But maybe that's what I want to do. <laughs> it was never planning on being cremated, but maybe, maybe someone 
I assume I'll go before you, Adam. If you could uh, burn me and <laughs> bring my ashes and dump them in uh, recycled water in Florida, that'd be great. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I've heard that one. I've definitely heard Haunted Mansion. Oh, really? So maybe that's what you're thinking. No, that's well, I heard both. I I heard pirates. Okay. Because so it was a both. video about pirates, but uh, I feel like in one of the things on Disney Plus talking about different attractions or what was it, uh, the Imagineers maybe. And when they were making that ride and then they went into the history of it or something. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that be also surprised. has it because it's, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like haunting people and whatever. Um, okay, but this is one of my first notes and it has to do with that joke at the end too because this is a repeated thing. And I figure this is something that this movie was known for or was... a big part of it is they have their kind of like inside joke thing when someone tells a bad joke and everyone does like, like they all do this thing. And it's like, that's never explained. It's just like, Oh, that's just something that they started doing in college because it was like, this was from this. This was, I don't know. It, it puts the mind to work and you think this is an established group of friends and they have oh. a rich history and they all get along so well and have this fun little uh, quirk I, that they all partake in. I have that note as well. And it's like, this is so contrived and so fake and unnatural. This like, and they're doing it in the bathroom. Uh, and like, it's just like, we got to do like, that is like the writer uh, that is, what orders are going to be? Order six. Well, that doesn't sound like they're going to get lots of orders. What's an evil sounding order? Order 66. Like, <laughs> the, like George Lucas, that's from Red Letter Media, but like thinking through the writing process and this guy's like, Schumacher, whoever wrote this trash, was thinking oh yeah we gotta establish that feels so contrived and fake and like we need that we are hoping that this was gonna catch on in the culture where it's like you listen to oh, seinfeld yeah. and all these things where uh like even friends like how you doing and all this stuff is like when those first started they were not catchphrases yeah, they weren't right. Like to no be. soup for you, just like came. It comes naturally. Forcing Seinfeld makes fun of it, whereas George wants a nickname. Like forcing things to happen. It's in uh, Mean Girls, like yeah. fetch. It's just like yeah, forcing something to happen is so. You can see through it, and this is a perfect example where it's like. I do not believe this and it's such a like no one does that <laughs> so like it's not even like a like a secret hot uh handshake like in fresh prince of bel-air or something it's like oh yeah that makes sense and it's just like a different version it's like this who does this we should start doing this is this. a little long but i think <laughs> we should I think start people do have this. 
I, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> no one will join me. And like, haven't you seen St. Elmo's Fire? <laughs> uh, I think people do things like that. I don't think they do this one catchphrase. I don't think anyone does that. anything like this. I think they do. and Non-idiots? It's, it's inside jokes. Inside That's jokes are fine. But like this, you say something, this is like almost like singing something. But like the, I, there are inside jokes where you say something like, uh, I'm trying to think of an inside joke that would be appropriate to say. But like, e- but like even us, like with you, me, and Evan, we'll say anything Jurassic Park. Like if we start mumbling. Yeah, we'll quote things. And, but then even just mumbling like... Malcolm or something but it's never I don't know it's just so you can have something that's unique to you and your friends that's not a a quote or a reference yeah you can and people do but not like this and and the people that do have things like this you're losers get a different thing this is stupid (laughs) it's so pathetic yeah well that's the other thing is Usually, to an outside person, it seems dumb. So, I'm fine with you saying, this is dumb. I think it's one of the best things in this movie. <laughs> oh, frig. It is so bad. It is. It, I do agree. The sound of it is dumb, but I think the concept the, is but sound. That, but the concept of a sequel to Force Awakens is a great idea, too. The concept is great. It's, the execution is like I got lots of movie ideas that like in a sentence. Yeah, that sounds good. But like we were just talking. There's there's we live in a world of die another day and casino royales, and it's just like and that is both James Bond. So it's like, yeah, you can have inside jokes, but the concept of having a group of friends with an inside joke, fine, but having it like this is barely executed. It's just like, you're giving them too much credit, Adam. You're way too nice. I like it. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I One thing, the uh, this is such an ego thing, starring, and they have to put it alphabetically, because of all their agents yeah. and everyone flipping out, it's like fine. We'll just do alphabetically. Uh, yeah, that's so obvious why that is the case. Uh, what did you think of the fat guy, fat naked guy in the uh, hospital? Oh, and like the hospital. I don't. I didn't remember that. I so I watched this on CTV app. So there's this uh, app that's just called just watch and then you can tell it what streaming services yeah. you have so I just typed it in there so I had to ha- watch it with a few commercials which wasn't that bad at first it was brutal but then sometimes there was only one commercial uh, yeah and it was just like well I'll save five bucks from renting it which uh, I'm glad I did but yeah the fat guy that was interesting so Rob Lowe his character, he's a complete a-hole, 
com- the whole time. Yeah. There's no redeeming qualities about him at all. Period. Full well, stop. Besides, this is this is his redeeming quality. Is he's so cool? <laughs> like he's the coolest person you've ever because seen you're telling in the eighties. You're telling yeah. they're telling us he's cool. It's not that he's he plays actually saxophone. cool. <laughs> and he doesn't play saxophone. I was at first. This is like. But then it goes on so long, and it's like, I'm going to watch his fingers. It's like, this is not... That's me playing saxophone, pretending. Uh, but here's a question. This is what makes me uh, question the timeline. Is this years or months going by? or I, I assume it's just months, because it kind of starts off... It's weird that they're graduating, but it's like they're graduating in the fall. Almost. I feel like that opening shot, there's leaves yeah. falling down. So it's a little weird. But maybe they all had to do summer school. But either way, I think it's like northeast U.S. is where they're supposed to be. And then like there is snow at the end, but Emilio's up in the cabin. But I assume it's like yeah, fall into be. winter. So it's just like, I feel like this movie's three months say how is Rob Lowe how did he graduate if he is so unmotivated and pathetic and is has a kid with another woman already like how did he graduate it makes no sense he should have not even graduated and he should have just been their friend or something like that you want yeah it makes no sense. He is so he he's barely holding on to gas station jobs, and he just did. And like they make it out that it's not just like a normal school, but it's like almost an Ivy League nice school. Well, you you got to read between the lines, Nathan. This movie's deep. He he could graduate. He had it all. He was motivated, but then his life is falling apart, and this is it's. It's a downward spiral. He he was doing fine and then knocked up some girl, felt he had to marry her. This is skipping ahead a little bit, so it's obviously post all that. Their marriage is on the rocks. There's there's a lot going on here that you gotta you gotta kind of fill in the gaps in your mind. But it's there. Okay, yeah. It's there, all right. Uh I have no memory of Andy McDowell in this movie. Yeah. So that uh, whole plot. Yeah. Go ahead. Emilio Estevez, like, there's a lot of, like, people that are terrible. I think he is the worst. I know. And I honestly thought when the movie was starting, I thought he got her at the end. Because I had some memory of, like, him kissing her and stuff. So it's like, oh, I feel like he... I honestly thought I started to write down a note that, like... His story is the only good story, and he is the only good character. This is at the first 20 minutes of the movie. This is what my prediction was, and it turned out not to be true. But, like, he's just a psycho. Yeah. Like, he's a psycho. But, like, certifiable. Like, not like, like he, not Nathan's... He goes de- to very great lengths to win this person who doesn't even register him as doesn't register him and is in a (laughs) other relationship and is just nice like and talk about her boyfriend how nice is this guy yeah like he doesn't like 
he feels so he, unintimidated by Emilio <laughs> that he's like, come inside, sleep. Like, there, he, he, yeah. there's absolutely, like, there's no way this guy's taking my girl. <laughs> it's like he, he's, like, treating him like a little kid. Like, it's just like, yeah. he's not, I love that. Yeah, he's not intimidated by him at all. It's so pathetic. And, like, that. talk about me, too. Like, he deserves something from, like, all she's doing yeah, is being... for all his like, efforts. Andy he, Mc... You know what he is? He's an incel. <laughs> he is. <laughs> that is exactly what an incel is. It's like, I put in the effort. I deserve something. Yeah. Why, why don't you ever go for the nice guys? I'm a nice guy. Do you see all this stuff? And, yeah, yeah. he comes off as a psycho of, like, calm down. She doesn't like you. Right, and it's like, not she natural. She doesn't hate nice. you. She's just like, oh yeah, I remember you. We went on, we went to one movie, and she doesn't even remember it. She thinks she saw a different movie because she's probably thinking of another guy. Like that's how unimportant he was to her. And and, so she's just kind of entertaining him at this point. In real life, I have witnessed similar things, where it's like I've seen people I know. It's like, and attractive girls that get hit on all the time. And these guys desperate, and it's just like she's just being nice to you. You don't have a yeah. chance. <laughs> like it's just like, and it is it's like, like a waitress, right? When like, it's like I think she's actually really into me. It's like no, I think she's serving you, and she wants a good tip. Right. It's <laughs> like, like holy cow, and uh, it is exactly, and it's like not even natural, in that like. He's do it's like I if I do this, this and this, she should like me. Like yeah. you were saying, where it's like No, you can you don't necessarily have to do this, this and this. You do some of them if you want to or if it's right or whatever. But yeah, man. What a psycho. And like the filming, like when she goes she's in the hospital and she goes away, uh like opens the door and it's like the bright light and like it's his perspective like she's an angel or something it's like i'm okay with that if they went harder that way almost like that it's comedic but it's not comedic it's like no he's just this well they they do that also uh, the start of that scene because it goes from that graduation and then cut to them going to the hospital and that's how that scene opens is with a bright light really okay so that's weird yeah see my i I don't know why because like that is the only time it does it but it is a bookend in the hospital because i was thinking it's because of her only no like it does this weird like fade in from white yeah and they're like walking into the er and it's all frantic or whatever um so yeah that was my note was creepy stalker emilio although i totally get it the way andy mcdowell looks in this like probably the youngest i've seen her so maybe that helps but like she is totally like not that anyone should be stalked but like stalker worthy like she (laughs) looks her best right as, as this like but then it's just I like, I, and I like her in other things. But here she's like, nice and young and <laughs> nubile, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Like, uh, yeah, 
I just think it's like, yeah, no, I get it. That's uh, that is a dream girl. Yeah, no, for sure. But she is so out of his league. Like, yeah, I don't even know. Especially like the age gap. It's like at that time. Yeah, it's different. Like as you get older, age gaps become less and less. As of a we've thing. noticed from David Frost and <laughs> Ali McBeal <laughs> Foster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I just think that w- when you're in school, it's it's so noticeable. Mm-hmm. So because she met him, he was a freshman while she was a senior, I think is what he said. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you are always going to be a kid to her. Like, no matter what, if there's, I'm assuming, like, would that have been four years then? Like, that, like she was... That's the standard, I think. I don't know. She's a doctor, so maybe it was longer. Who knows? Um, but well, if yeah. At if least she's a doctor, years, I get. Yeah. Maybe she's not actually a doctor yet. But yeah, I she's think she's in in the hospital. But like, how crazy is it? Like he bikes after her in the rain. He's looking through the window, like, and like, and then just like they have that POV shot. Of, like, him coming in and everyone's staring at him. Oh, yeah. And, like, she's so nice that she, like... Okay, first of all, why does anyone at that party let her go back to his apartment? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't allow that for, like, someone that I casually know. But the psycho just shows up is like, yeah, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, he looks like he's going to murder someone when he walks in. So, it's like... He is (laughs) incel mania. And then, uh... It's so, like, she's so nice to him, like, but, like, in, like, oh, this is the uh, sweet, retarded child that we have to, like, (laughs) like, it's so. It would, it would have made more sense if he was, like, a family friend, like, I've known him since he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, if it's just, like, oh, yeah. I met you once in college and we went on one date. I don't know. Like, I think you wouldn't be a- as nice to him. But if it's like, oh, this is just little Kirby and yeah. I grew up with him. I know him. I know his mom. Like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I could see that being more of a thing. Yeah, like uh, uh, Anakin and Padme. That yeah, that, that uh, <laughs> Hollywood masterpiece. But compare this. This is why it's so bad. And, like, this, that's one-sixth of the movie or whatever. There's seven characters, so one-seventh. I think it's it's one of the smallest stories. Right. Like, of the group, I was, there's, like, him and kind of Wendy, like, the, like, social worker yeah. girl. Like, her story is part of the Rob Lowe story, but, like... Uh, her own offshoot of it. So it's like, yeah, her and Emilio are kind of the smallest roles. Right. But it's just interesting that Emilio barely interacts with anyone else. Right. Like he's a lot yeah. of with just... groups and then he's like serving them at the bar yeah. sometimes. <laughs> like, I think that's funny. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's a lot just with Andy McDowell or just stalking her by himself and all this stuff but just compare like the swooning 
and like the like I pursued, she withdrew, she pursued, I withdrew kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got this, Anakin and Padme. Compare this to friggin' Wally. <laughs> like, how sweet <laughs> Wally is. Like, nothing, women, if I know women, and everyone tells me that I do, they love just to be obsessively, obsessively uh, pursued and yelled at when you're not <laughs> responding to what they're doing. But I'm trying to think of other examples where it's just like, like, think of, I don't know, you've got mail. Think of any, like, think of Beauty and the Beast. I know I'm keeping going, but, like, he's like, I want to do something for her. And the, the library thing. And, like, where it's, like, there's the sweetness there, right? Where it's, like, you can be pathetic. Not pathetic, but, like, you don't have to achieve anything. They just want you to try. But, like, this guy is just... He's just a nutcase. And, like, <laughs> the whole whole thing. And then they make it out, like, that he just me-toos her and kisses her without any... <laughs> I, I'm not usually one for caring about that kind of stuff in movies especially. But it's just like, what the heck is going on? And then it's like, as if Andy McDowell is so impressed with Emilio. And, like, now he can live his incel life out because he knows that he laid a smooch on her and she's impressed with him or something and he doesn't need the picture. Like, yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's, you know what it is and talk about like that one critic saying like this movie has the moral age of a 15 year old. That's exactly what it is. This is 14 year old fantasy. I'm going to get the older girl in high school type of thing and she's gonna notice me and fall in love with me it's like your friend's older sister or the babysitter is gonna fall in love with you and it's like there's simpsons episodes about this this is a cultural mind milestone or not milestone but like foundational story and it's like it's not happening buddy (laughs) this is so pathetic yeah, since we're, maybe we'll do the whole movie like this, tackling a story, story at a time. Yeah. There, my notes are going to be a spread out, but one I just noticed, her sweater at the end <clears throat> is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, like cream knit sweater, like yeah. it looks brand new, like looks great, nice and cozy in that like snowy weather. And then uh, the other thing about that, not the kiss, but the the Polaroid. So he takes their picture, and then when it shows them looking at it, it's uh, they're not looking at the camera. It's like taken from the movie's perspective. Yeah. So they're looking off to like the left. Uh, that's a uh, that's a pet peeve of mine, where it's like. That's not what the picture would have looked like. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not even looking at the camera. Uh, it's a Polaroid. You just take it and use the actual one that was there. Like, I don't understand. No, the, uh, the, uh, that's probably the extent of that story that I have notes on. Uh, 
Yeah, no, the, the her sweater at the end is awesome. Giant sweaters, always a good look. Yeah, it's almost like, not that it's a dress, but it's like long covers like the thighs. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, other notes here. Uh, okay, do you want to hop to another story? Crap, sometimes I don't understand my notes. No <laughs> anger, drunk, different time. <laughs> Bam, what's that mean? Talk, but what can we... Uh, talking about sweaters, the uh, nerdy girl, the welfare girl... For yeah. audience, she's doling out welfare. She's not on it. She actually doesn't need it. But uh, her, and they make it out like she's like fat. And all they are doing are like putting like big tight sweaters on her. Like the actress. Yeah, and it's she's got like, a lot of layers. And it's just like. She doesn't I, look fat at all. <laughs> no, I know. It's so dumb. Because it's like, I bet you in real life, she's like. 120 pounds. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe compared to the other two actresses in this. Right, and they make her, like, it's like, but that's a thing with especially early Costanza. They, like, uh, the costume designer or whatever, like, made it, put, uh, gave him a size too small, so it makes him look fatter than he is. And, like, yeah, yeah. they're giving her tight, big sweaters. But it's just like a weird thing because it's like she's not fat and you're making this like as a minor plot point that she's fat. <laughs> it's like, what are you t- and this is not Nathan like, oh, we can't fat shame anyone. It's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> fat shame away. Yeah, it, it, I think maybe it also is. Again, Nathan, you're just missing the depth of this movie. <laughs> I am. It's no one else is calling her fat. She calls herself fat. It's because she has self esteem issues. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I feel like everyone thinks she's fat. <laughs> I think, uh, like, the only other character that comments, well, she says something, and I think one of the girls might say something about it. But then, other than that, there's like, the one scene where like Rob Lowe is kind of making fun of the way she dresses. Yeah. Like she's wearing, I don't even know what it is, but like pantyhose or whatever it's called. I don't know, but he makes a joke about it and she's all upset. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No anger, drunk, different time. I don't know what that means. Uh, I hate making notes where you think you're going to remember what that means. Heavy, Very heavy-handed. This movie is very on point. <laughs> A little on the nose, as you could say. Uh, everyone's just kissing everyone. That's a purely Nathan thing, where it's just like, the only people I kiss are our Italian friends. <laughs> like, because... <laughs> That they're coming in, so it's like, okay, this is what we're doing, okay. But it's just like, it's so weird. I see it where it's like, why is everyone 
kissing each other's man's wife on the lips. It's such a weird thing to me. Yeah. Especially if it's not your culture. Like, you're, you're Italian or whatever. Hey, go for it. But it's just like, it's uh, whatever. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, did you notice the picture on the giant red mantle? Was that Woody Allen? red mantle so they're in someone's where? apartment and it's like a red mantle red wall even i don't think it's uh not the pink one not demi moore's apartment i think it's at someone else's apartment and there's a big i think it's woody allen and woody allen is mentioned in the movie and that actually makes that's yeah that is um i don't i don't I remember seeing the picture, but uh, his name's dropped when um, Emilio was like, oh, yeah, we saw Annie Hall. Right. Because he makes a reference, and she's like, what are you talking about? And she doesn't even remember. Julie. Um, Julie. Joel Sh- Schumacher is thinking this is in the vein of Woody Allen. A hundred percent. Like, this, like... Some of the characters are neurotic and, like, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I haven't seen a ton of Woody Allen, but I've seen some of his bigger things. And I like them. Like, Annie Hall and stuff like that. And it's like, this is not even in the same ballpark. It's, the only thing similar is it takes place in the U.S., they're speaking in English, and it's in focus. Everything else is, like, Woody Allen is a million times better than this trash movie. And the fact that Joel Schumacher is referencing him, thinking that he, not that he's claiming to be on the same level, but, like, in the even in the same vein. Get out of here. Get out of here. It could be. It could be. Uh, the other portrait is... Billy Idol, I believe, on right. Jules' wall, which I think is just supposed to be like this weird thing. I don't think it's supposed to be cool because they kind of draw attention to it. And like, I don't know who it is walks in and kind of reacts to it. Before I looked up the that this and uh, Breakfast Club, I had no idea that it was the same year. My note is they could be playing high school teenagers. <laughs> Like, I had that note where it's like, they don't look old. This movie, in explanation points, <laughs> that's one of my notes. Just like, can't get over it. This guy's yeah, making out with think... his wife's friends. Uh, and this is not, this is middle of the movie. How did you feel about the wisdom of the Michael Jackson prostitute? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I forgot about her. Um, that's a hundred percent. And like she's in a hundred percent. She looks like thriller Michael <laughs> Jackson. And, uh, I think I'm fine with the wisdom because I think that there is something there where it's like, you think that she's just nobody, but she knows things. <laughs> she, she knows about love. She, she knows. <laughs> the, the, Town whore with a heart of gold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind that little 
bit actually because uh, there's a couple interactions between those two where she I think it's just after that first scene with uh, when he's in Jules apartment and she's like you have a problem you're gay <laughs> <laughs> that's not the problem the problem is you're in love with your best friend or something like that and he's like no I'm not so then he's talking to her, the Frosty, and she's like, oh, I thought you liked men. <laughs> so this is like ongoing thing. So this movie is very progressive. I don't feel like they address it uh, homophobically because like everyone seems to be okay with it except for him. And even like he doesn't even deny it like, oh, no, no, not me. Uh. Like he doesn't even defend himself. So I think that's what they're trying to do with that whole plot is like, we're so ahead. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> ahead, all right. They're they're so ahead. They're behind. Uh, yeah. Question: How are these people friends? Like this is inconceivable. Also, because the girls I can kind of accept because they're not betraying each other constantly. <laughs> but like yeah. the guys, it's just like. They're not on each other's team. And Rob Lowe is hitting on all of them all the time. So it's just like, how are you fine with this? And like, sticking together. And like, even at the end where it's just like, there's that little love triangle. And it's just... Well, what the heck's going on? First of all, is it Judd? What's it the the Republican, the evil Republican in this movie? Yeah, Judd Nelson. But like, he's a psycho too. Like they're all psychos. Like yeah, I think he's one of the worst. They're all the. It's worst. It's hard to say who's the worst <laughs> because, like him, Emilio Estevez, and Rob Lowe. Okay, let's rank all them. Pretty unredeeming qualities. Right. I would put... Uh, I, I would put... Let's just do... He's last. As far as the guys go. Uh, the yeah. Rep- if we're ranking the guys, he's, easily Judd Nelson I put at the bottom. He's the worst. Because, because... And the second worst would be Emilio. And the reason why Judd Nelson is worse is because like you are in a long-term relationship with someone... And doing stuff on the side and thinking it's okay. Like, she won't marry me. I'll stop if she marries me. It's like, that is psychotic. Well, that's psychotic. But then also how mad he is that it's, I love the, like, his friend didn't say anything. First of all, like, how casually he just tells his friend that he's banging all these other chicks on the side. And then it's just like, okay, you, you did... You're doing all your extracurriculars, and then you're more mad at your friend for not saying anything, but even if he did say something, than what you are doing. Like, it's just like, yeah. it's like, I'm killing people, well, but you didn't have to tell the cops. Come on. <laughs> like it's, That's another part of this I like. I like their story, the love triangle, the most, because it's like, that could be a whole movie. Sort of right. like 
just the three of them. And it's like, oh, I'm in love with my best friend's girl. We should write a song about it. Uh, I don't think it's been done. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the best because also Andrew McCarthy, I don't feel like he, like he's definitely the top because I don't think he's done anything that wrong other than like he does sleep with Ali Sheedy after they've kind of had their like blow up. Like she says, like, what are we going to do about these, this extra, I think that's the phrase she uses, extracurricular. Yeah sex life or whatever she says and then she finds solace in slightly less creepy andrew mccarthy who has pictures of her on his coffin right (laughs) uh and then they spend the night so it's like i that's where it's like i'm more okay with him like he it's this thing that he's struggled with, but he's never acted on it no, that, until then. See, that, that's why he's, yeah, as far as the guys go, he's the least worse. Uh, he's still, yeah. it's it's the two-pronged thing, though, because he has that, but then he has his whiny wimp phase where it's always just like, what, what's the point of life? type of stuff. And it's just like, get off it, buddy. Like, it's just like, he's... Yeah, because he... He's seeing this, the woman he loves being mistreated right in front no, of him, and it's his best friend. That and he is can't just do anything. like 14 year old angst. Like, that's all, all that is. And then that's the issue. I Then I have a problem with her, where it's like, you don't do that to that guy. Where it's just like, they, it's so like, they want their, like, they treat sex so casually in this movie. But then at the same time, it means everything. Like, either it means something or it doesn't mean anything. And it's like, yeah, I got my own personal perspectives on it. But it's just like, the fact that, like, you find out that this guy loves you. Okay, then you sleep with him. And then it's like, but we're not going to have a relationship. She's pretty pathetic then, too. Or it's like, because he's I, not, I, because he's not, his obsession with her is not, like, just, like, lustful, I want to sleep with her. Like, he likes her, yeah, right, mm-hmm. as, like, a friend and wants to have a relationship. And then for her to, like, just use him. Like, that's, everyone's just using everyone. I don't really see her actions as that way, like, uh... I do like her line. It kind of goes in line with, with what you're saying of like, it's casual, almost too casual. And yet they, it holds a lot of weight. Cause she does say like, cause he's like, let's move in together. Like he's, he wants to start this relationship and she's like, sex isn't love. Like, I think that line is her just saying, yeah, I slept with you, but like, that doesn't mean, I love you. I just got out of this relationship. I think that he does love her because that's been festering for years. And uh, I believe he believes that. But she's pretty much justified in like, yeah, we did this one thing, but like give me some space. I just kind of got out of this relationship. That's why I'm fine with the ending of like, uh, you get the sense of like, yeah, I just need to be with myself for a while, but eventually she probably will 
end up with the other guy not going back to Judd Nelson because he's just the worst. <laughs> like, and, but it's kind of left of like, oh, okay, we're we're friends. We're all friends now. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think any of you should be friends with Judd Nelson. <laughs> I don't think they should be friends with anyone. They're all horrible. And then Rob Lowe's the, the weird one because it's like, he seems like he is so cool and so above all these people right. that, like, why, unless it's just to make himself feel good, but, like, it, they're at this turn in their adult lives where it's like, what you're doing isn't cool anymore. It's kind of pathetic that you're still living the way that you were in college. And, again, this is the depth of St. Elmo's Fire. It's dealing with changes in adult lives and growing up and coming of age and taking responsibility for your actions. So Rob Lowe, even though he is kind of the worst (laughs) in his own way of neglecting uh, a wife and child and almost raping Demi Moore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And uh, even Wendy. Deflowering Wendy. Yeah, as a goodbye present. Yeah, it's just like, (laughs) and like, he doesn't care. Like, that's the thing. Like, anyone like that in real life is just like, he's just getting his rocks off. Like, it's so pathetic. And like, he is treating himself, treating her, and like, I'll give her one last thrill. This is the mask. Yeah. When he says that line, give her one last, Dorian. Uh, give her one last thrill. Like, it's just like, he's so full of himself. And like, it's like, she doesn't really want, like, ah, and like, she's just. hundred percent. Wendy will regret that within a week. Right. As soon (laughs) as, as soon as she doesn't get her period. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like. Frank. It's just like he's already yeah. knocked up. Like, what is the difference? It's like, oh, would he come back and yeah. live and marry Wendy? Like, he hasn't learned anything. There's no learning. There's no consequences. Like, it's just so pathetic. I just want to go back to my notes here. Uh, Emilio's story is the only non insane one. Brackets. I type that as he is stalking Andy in the rain. <laughs> Uh, oh frick! Uh, yeah, See, I don't remember. I thought Emilio got Andy. Oh, <laughs> Andy McDowell. Uh, um, I wrote down this line: Alec is a Republican, and he wants to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and this is said in a negative way. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it type thing. Yeah, I uh, love that. They Movies uh, used to be more uh, abrupt. Like, now they're just... Like, they've always been left-wing propaganda, but they used to be more blunt with it, I feel, where, like, I even... There's that movie Hackers, I think, with... Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, even that, it's, it's like they're they're doing something to the Republican party or, uh, the NRA or something. And it's just like, it's whatever. I don't care. Do what you want. 
but it's just like they they when you name it right where other movies they'll like uh like watching air force one or like stupid action movies they'll just not name the parties or whatever and so like everyone can just put your own guy in there type of thing uh I just have that Emilio so short when he's standing beside uh, Andy. Uh, yeah, and I love his uh, work uniform. Like, it, that reinforces that he looks like a kid. Yeah. Like, the goofy, like, like striped apron and jeans. Like, he just looks so pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had some questions here. There are comedic beats but is it supposed to be funny? Like, I don't know. And, like, okay, when yeah. Rob Lowe goes back and he's playing football with those guys, and, like, the yeah. guy tackles them, and then they're, like, sitting there having a conversation. Like, this yeah. is all... It's like, like, get up, you're still playing. <laughs> right, but, like, <laughs> this was all... They had to set this scene out and, like, hit your marks and all this stuff, and it's just, like... Is this meant to be corny? This is the thing. It's just like, I don't think it's meant to be corny. But it is like such a cheesy, like, tackle. And like, now let's talk about real life for a second. Uh, Yeah. The guy that tackled you. If you're playing a game, even though that's like with a friend, you're enemies. (laughs) Like, <laughs> no, I know. And you get you don't start talking. It's just so Yeah, you don't have a conversation about getting a job. <laughs> oh. uh, uh here's a comedic part I think is genuinely funny. The where is my note? Uh the whispering mother. Where it's like Wendy's mother, I think, it's like she there's certain words that she doesn't yeah. like to say so she whispers them like and it's like her gossiping kind of thing like oh did you hear about so and so cancer yeah <laughs> she'll like I think those are pretty funny when she's doing that and then Rob Lowe does it kind of making fun of her I don't know what he says but like I think it's pretty good yeah uh, this isn't probably intentionally funny but I thought it was uh, and a little racist but the one welfare family that you see where she's like saying like, we could help get you a job. And she's like, just give me the check. Right. And she like is refusing the help and just wants the money. But she has like five kids. Uh, it's a white woman, but two of the kids are black. <laughs> I think that's, it's like. <laughs> I think that's on is purpose. That, is that racist? Is that like honest? I don't know. I feel well, I like think it's that's on purpose just, for sure. It's a, it, it is definitely a comment. Uh, I, I thought it was funny, though. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let me talk about continuity a little bit here. So this is a Halloween movie. Ironically, we're going to also pause doing some of our top 100 to do Halloween <laughs> at the end of October. And this one is also a Halloween movie. Uh, there's the one scene at the bar where they're all in costumes. Continuity error. 
So there's a part, Rob Lowe's up on the stage. He's making it with like every woman within a five foot radius. Uh, and at one point he's kissing a girl that's dressed as like a rabbit or something with a painted nose. So then he gets black paint on his nose. There's a lot of disappearing and reappearing of that nose makeup. So it's like, I wonder if that wasn't even scripted and that's just Rob Lowe <laughs> coked up Rob Lowe, the actor just right. making out with whoever. And it's like, Oh, now we can't use those other shots. And Joel's like, yeah, whatever. I'll use them. <laughs> yeah. We'll fix it in post. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's Rob. Lowe, yeah, exactly. He is a rapey. That's the thing where the Wendy deflowering <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is so bad. It's like you can't get anyone else. You have to Well, that's the thing. He can get other her too. Yeah. And that's what makes it that much worse when it's just like why does Wendy even like him? It's like, "Oh yeah, he's cool." But like that's why it feels like so teenagery where it's like there's no yeah. maturity. Like they're 22. I know that's still young-ish, but mm, 22 you you don't have a lot figured out. <laughs> you, you, but you have a lot more than high school, where it's like the girl, the nerdy little girl shouldn't be upset, obsessed with the bad boy anymore. That's a high school plot. That does, does, I guess, yeah. And the fact that, yeah, like, he has no actual connection to Wendy. Like, she shuts him down, and then he just keeps trying yeah, I don't like the, really get his, his obsession with jewels and all this stuff where it's just like, okay, so you're just trying to hit anything. I don't think he's obsessed with jewels no, he's at not, all. not obsessed, but he, he's he would, hitting on her. It's like they're just the two loosest people in the group, and that you kind of get the sense is like they've never hooked up. Maybe they have, and it's just they're super casual. Who knows? But like at that point, it just seems like he's like, ah, well, might as well. It's a, it's a Tuesday night. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's very casual, pathetic. It is interesting that the two best looking people are the two most messed up, like uh, Jules and Rob Lowe. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, this is why it is so bad also. It is such a uh, after-school special morals where it's just like, Jules, you see her declining as the movie goes on. One of the best lines in all of cinema, I'm here with a bunch of Arabs doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't it? There's, a, there's these Arabs that have been forcing me to do coke all night. <laughs> That, oh my goodness, that's stuff where it's like, uh, you th think of like when the Oscars or like anything where it'll be like showing quick clips of movies, right? And it'll be like famous lines and like I'll be back and like just showing the grand sweep of movies and not yeah. that they're going to put that line in it. But if they had like three seconds of The Breakfast Club or this movie in one of those over sweeping montages is like do you guys know what kind of line is in that movie and I feel like 
there's so much of that now where it's like people would lose their minds if uh, that kind of dialogue was dropped in the movie nowadays. Uh, Do you know what, what clip would be used if they were doing one of those montages for this? You can tell me. I'm trying to think. <laughs> exactly what you hate. It would be that. It would be like... Uh, you would it would start playing that well, I'll, another clip is ending there would be a bit of an overlap and it showed them all together like, <laughs> and then that's it you're in and you're out and it's like you get it or you don't <laughs> oh my goodness you're right you're, it's I guarantee it's already been done it's, it's in a montage somewhere it is you're tragically true uh, tragically <laughs> right but the uh like the whole jewels, like I'm just gonna freeze to death on my cocaine or whatever, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like okay, we're it feels this climax to this movie is just like, okay, let's wrap it up now, <laughs> now let's end scene, and like there's no like, it, which is fine. You can have movies that are just hangout movies or like a slice of life, but it's just like okay, now she's finally hit rock bottom and Rob Lowe just has to talk to her. The other drug idiot is going to just talk to her and she's just going to walk it off. And it's like, no, sorry. She has a cocaine problem. It's like, (laughs) I haven't done cocaine. I'd be interested in it, but (laughs) this is so stupid where it's just like, uh, treated as if it's like well she's like having affairs and doing all the stuff and stressed out and has no money and it's on coke it's like okay so that is a big deal and then she is gonna she's almost killing herself freezing to death but he just talks her out of it like it's just like either it is a big deal and she needs rehab and it's a big problem or it's not and she just stubbed her toe and she just needs to have a pep talk. It's like you can't have like she's on the death death's door suicidal, and then your solution is just a little pep talk. This is no Woody and Buzz Aldrin, Buzz Lightyear <laughs> pep talk. That's true. I don't. I barely know what he says. I I have like, no idea what she says because I know. It's all like, I know is he talks about Saint Elmo's fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that it doesn't exist, and the sailors made it up so that they have something to aim for. Right. And it's like supposed to be this profound thing that applies to everyone there as they're overhearing. Uh, yeah. Alec and Kevin are like, yeah. We should still be friends. Right. And it's <laughs> like, just like, I don't want to kill you anymore. Yeah, and it's just yeah, he's hanging him off of a fire escape. He's gonna murder. He's gonna him. murder him. <laughs> like this is like it's so melodramatic and fake. And then they're gonna. Uh, it's the ultimate after school special. <laughs> and then it's just like none of these people have my personality. Where it's like. Remember that time you tried to murder him? <laughs> like, yeah. I would be bringing that up all the time. Like, it's just like, it's so... Yeah. There's no way that ending happens. The way it happens. Where it's, yeah. Like, like they're just like, hmm. yeah, 
I guess we should just put our differences aside. (laughs) And what's her Uh, name? The uh, uh, love triangle girl. So it's like, I love you both. Well, why do you love the guy that just cheated on you? Like I, uh, I mean, I get that. Like you're in a long term relationship. She's committed. You don't just drop it because they screwed up. Like, yeah, but it, I that is. I can common. understand that, but I'm not saying that. But it's just like, you're not even married, so like there was never, it it it, it, it sounds like he's cheating the whole time. So there's never even good times to base it on. Like, it's just like, it seems like, it's not like, oh, he became a jerk, or he made mistakes, or, and that's the other thing. Does he ever even apologize? Like, that's the other thing. There's no, no one's ever wrong in this movie. <laughs> like, everyone's, no, no lessons are learned. Oh, man. I don't know if he has been doing it the whole time. I feel like that lingerie person. Uh, nah, I think that's just an the example. first time. no. I think it's Maybe. an example. I will say, though, a quick conversation, perhaps. Does Demi Moore make any good movies? I was thinking, like, I like uh, A Few Good Men. But it's like, do I own any other Demi Moore movies? Not really. Have I seen that many? Um, I don't think I've seen... I'm sure I have. I haven't, I haven't seen Ghost, but I'm I'm assuming it's good. Yeah, it's it well might actually known be and good, popular. Yeah. Uh, I have it actually. Um, yeah, a few good men is definitely good. Uh, I was looking at, uh, and I think she's actually good in it. Um, there's another one. I I have no idea what th- this is other than the name. About last night, which also has Rob Lowe, and it's the next year. I uh, just wanted to mention that. Uh, she's in nothing but trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that that did well or is what I would consider a good I'd be interested to watch that movie. Purely because it's Frankie. It. Yeah, it's insane. Um. Now and Then is a well-liked yeah. movie. She's, oh, Esmeralda, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, and you know what? There it is, actually, that, and that brings me to my point. She has a great voice. Yeah, she's uh, the original Emma Stone. She must have had colic. Yeah. She's got a nice, raspy Smoky. voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Been smoking since age twelve. Yeah, good for her. It's worth it. Um, here's a little thing I noticed. Some things about casting. Uh, well, not even casting. So Rob Lowe is Billy, and his nickname is Billy the Kid. Emilio Estevez also played Billy the Kid in Young Guns. And they're both in this movie. And then also, speaking of westerns, Wendy. I don't know her from any other movie, so I was looking, what else is she in? She is in Wyatt Earp. Which I've not seen. Which I have also not seen. Uh, I am familiar with Tombstone. She played Maddie, 
which at first I was like, oh, I guess the mistress is just always a dog <laughs> or just not that attractive. <laughs> uh, but Maddie is actually Wyatt's wife. But in that movie, she's named Maddie Blaylock. I don't know if that was a typo or if it's Baylock in, in that. So maybe they don't actually get married in Wyatt Earp and he just has a mistress. So eventually we'll watch that movie and we'll find the answers to all these things. Um, so yeah, those are just two little uh, Western ties <laughs> to this movie. I like the splitting up records scene. And that always seems to be like an important thing to people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fake though. Like I don't think I don't, women would, I don't think anyone would care as much. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem, well, no, she does kind of fight some of them. Like you gave that to me on Valentine's day. Remember when we used to have Valentine's around here? Oh man. She got them so good. Some, uh, Artists that are name dropped there, The Pretenders, Billy Joel, Springsteen, Michael Jackson's Thriller, Carly Simon, and The Police. This is what was hot. Or not. I forget which ones he says you can have because he doesn't care for them. But um, I wrote down another line, and I don't know who said it or when. Maybe it was him in that scene. I just wish things could be like they used to be. <laughs> it's such a, that's a kind of generic line. And like, it's like, if it's him, and I think it is, it's like, you caused this. I know. I hate <laughs> like, them. I hate them all. I, the, the, who I don't hate is McCarthy. Like, he's fine. But I don't, I feel like I could have good late night arguments with him. So he would be fine. Yeah. Uh, all the other three guys are horrible. Wendy's fine, but just needs to. Yeah, the all the women are fine. They're not, and Jules just needs some direction. She, she, I feel like I would get along well, with her. She's obviously the most messed up. Yeah, but I feel like I would. But get personality along wise, with her. she yeah. seems okay. I'd get along with her. <laughs> I think I get along with drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the dramatic curtains blowing around her when yes. she's like sitting there rocking See, on the floor. Like, like that's one of the best artistic no, that, shots. Well, that's yeah. In quotes, artistic. Like I feel like that is yeah. so like okay. Michael Bay likes uh, fans twirling with like beams of light coming through and. We'll have crazy yeah. curtains going, and this is... John Woo likes doves. Yeah, this is the same <laughs> type of, like, we want something, like, epic-y or, like, yeah. something. Are there like curtains in Batman Forever? I feel like... Oh, there's definitely capes waving, but, like, I feel like there might be uh, Nicole Kidman, like, in her... If it's office or bedroom or whatever, like, windows open and curtains flowing like that and Batman comes in. I don't know. Maybe it's a, that's the Schumacher tell. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
When Billy arrives, the sax comes in. I don't know what part that is, but I wrote that down. So you got your classic David Foster music, and then I think once he arrives, then the saxophone comes in in one scene, and I noted that, and it's like, oh, I get it. He's the saxophone player. (laughs) Subtle. Um, so Jules, yeah. classic, uh, it all comes down to daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> not, not much more there. It's just, why doesn't he love me? <laughs> is exactly all that it is. And, uh, my final note is. On the ending, it ends as the brunch club. <laughs> oh yeah, and like, it's like it, let's go to another bar. No, let's meet earlier. We'll we'll have brunch. It's like as if that's like exactly, like it's yeah. just like it's like we're, we're mature now. Oh. We have brunch. <laughs> oh my goodness! So bad. this is amazing. It's so bad. This is uh, it's horrible. Do you have your phone there? Yeah. I just sent you a picture of Andy McDowell. She should play the now. I just sent it to you five seconds. Yeah, no, I see it. But like is that from her now I, I don't or know. is that I, an edited photo? When I was just clicking on Cass and then I, I was trying to find a picture of her sweater. Uh it's not how she looks on IMDB, I'll tell you that. <laughs> she looks older on IMDb but but like Sophisticated and trying to be young still. Well, the point is, I sent you that because she should play the mother from Tangled. The crazy curly Mm. gray gray hair is why. That's that's my story. Yeah, and then they could de-age her when she gets her youth back. Uh, But I feel I like that picture. And that she's not trying to be not an old woman. Yeah, I do like when someone just embraces it. Right. And it's like, I don't need to hide it. Because sometimes when you're hiding it, it's worse. It's way worse. It's like, I, people age. We can accept it. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Uh, and Yeah, that's the other thing. Jules, a little bit of crazy hair, but it's tolerable and Andy McDowell's hair is just normal like that's pretty timeless mm-hmm. but I don't I I don't love the Princess Diana eight-year-old boy comb over on women I don't care I can't like it yeah that <laughs> I that's that's the most unredeemable quality it, of Ali Sheedy it's funny because boy like you have like the like band hair or like hair band, but like for women where it's like all big poofy eighty stuff. But then like yeah. th- but then so there was that going on, but then there's this also. It's like the worst of both worlds. It's just like okay, you can have a normal haircut, but it's just gonna be like short hair combed over to one side and it's just like you could get away with it if you're good looking, but if you're not, 
No, thank you. And that's what I feel. You're getting away with it in spite of it. It could be so much better. <laughs> yeah, I was looking through photos of her because I feel like she usually has short hair. It's not right. true, I think, just in her bigger movies because in short circuit, it's a bit longer, but it's still that kind of like, I want to call it a perm. I don't know that that's what it is, but like kind of the short curly hair. And it's like, I don't like that. I like her in it in spite of her hair. <laughs> uh, I want to watch War Games because apparently she's the girl in that with Matthew Broderick talking about uh, Ferris Bueller. That was even before uh, 1985. So before Breakfast Club in this. And she's got nice flowing locks. Just a doll. Gotta watch that. I have it. Uh, I think that's what came with uh, Space Camp. <laughs> it's a two, the double feature Space Camp and War Games. I haven't watched that one yet. I'd watch War Games. I haven't watched it. Heard about it. I think it's a bit nutty, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. So I, I'm uh, done I for notes, but yeah. Yeah, so the only other thing star I have rating. Is, is, well, last line, not the last line of the movie, but something I missed is a, a Rob Lowe line, don't you give up on me, which I'm now just realizing, oh no, it's don't you forget about me, the song from Breakfast Club. <laughs> I thought it was give up on me. Uh, I, but it was a good, a good uh, little melodramatic like after school special type thing. I, like when you're at rock bottom, dumb and dumber. don't you go dying on me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was my one note I missed. So, uh, other than I did note at the bottom, uh, director's commentary, and also all music written and or produced by David Foster. So even the like pop songs you hear in the background, right. like the whole soundtrack with the exception of Aretha Franklin's Respect, which is played at some point, uh, all done by David Foster. And I was going to say the, the rest of the soundtrack actually kind of sucks. Like Man in Motion and the score are great. <laughs> Any of the other songs like on that soundtrack, I don't listen to, like I've, I have listened to them, but it's like, there's not really anything that special there, but they're also not really featured right. in the they're movie. Not. Like those are the only two things. There's one song that kind of came in a bit into the foreground, but like couldn't tell you what it was. So that reminds me just of music and whatever, when they're at that party at the Korean guys. Yeah. Place like, and they keep stopping and starting that song. <laughs> but that's like another huge jackass move from Emilio. Like he's just doing this to impress Andy that he has money. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you like? It's so pathetic. And like when he's like, it's, just it's romantic, gets out of the limo and stuff. Like, yeah, that's pathetic. Oh, it, there's an obvious example that I'm not thinking of, but like, just think of like the charm 
in other movies where guys have charmed Andy. Like, just think of, uh, what's his face in Groundhog Day with Andy. Like, it's just like, there's no, like, there's nothing here. And I know that's part of it, but like, it's just like cringy. There's the word also. Like, you feel sorry for the guy. He is an incel. Yeah. I think that was your best observation of the night. <laughs> Maybe of all time. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't be far off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no one else has said that before. Um, okay, so you want to do star rating. So I didn't put it in letterbox because I was going to hold yeah. off. I unfortunately saw yours. Uh do you want to? I gave it a one and a half. That to the world. It was, it was cruising around, uh, two and a half, and then, as the movie goes on, as you get to know these characters, it gets worse. As they're not playing the song constantly, it gets worse. It's just like. But every now and then it comes. Back yeah, in so and... that's why I was like, little. <laughs> there should be a grass. Uh, the more the music you hear. The higher it goes. No, I give it a one and a half. It was, uh, I, it's just, considering what I've given two and a halfs lately, it's just like, yeah. And my thing, uh, I don't want to be caught. And I'll, like, so we've mentioned it on the show, but like, okay, we'll have friendly arguments with our friends about Star Wars and stuff, and I'm always on edge about people trolling me, <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> is this movie trolling me? Is it meant to be corny, and then it's a masterpiece? But it's like, if they think it's good, then this movie sucks. If it's meant to be as bad as it is, then it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's, I think they're trying, I think it's a genuine effort, I don't think it's a joke, that's why it's one and a half if it was like I don't know like making fun of the genre and making fun of the mellow drama of, and teenage angst and like being an actual comedy then it'd be through the roof so what did you give it Adam yeah. this is another four banger at one point I was <laughs> thinking that but I was like, that's just me saying, like, this is a classic. I, don't, I definitely don't like it for Star's Worth. Um, and even if this is the second or third time, I don't know. Like, I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, it was okay. Like, I, I didn't think it was great. Like, it didn't wow me. I think this time I liked it more. But having just discussed it, it's like obviously it has lots of problems. But in spite of those, like I, I genuinely like those things. It's not, it's not ironic. It, but it is like no, I recognize that there's this dumb stuff, right. but I still like it. <laughs> I think is what yeah. I'm. I could easily saying. watch it again. That's the thing. I would yeah. love to get Trevor to watch this with me. <laughs> That's where it's like, yeah, Trevor. I mean. <laughs> he would give it like a half star because yeah. he's like, that was crap. But it's like, I enjoy it. Yeah. Like, especially the music. And I feel like the music <laughs> might give it even a half, half star bump 
because I'm I'm debating a three, maybe even a three and a half, just for the music because the story and all the craziness. It's like I love it, but not in a like this is genuinely great. Just like I enjoy what it is, and then just the the frosting of David Foster and John Parr as the cherry on top. I, I might have to log it as a three and a half. Hey, I was leaning toward a three, but I feel like that half star bump must be stated. So I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a three and a half. I was, you, I was, you, you I was teetering you. there for a bit. Uh, I was if there's anything I do. Talking about stupid star ratings. Uh, Sean on Film Junk this week gave Shawshank Redemption only a four out of five. Really, mm-hmm. really trying to prove that he's not classitosis <laughs> and just following the train. I th- don't say something dumb like you agree. Uh, <laughs> I was, I almost was going to say it, but I think. Like, for me, because I don't watch it all the time, it's not, like, it's not going to be on my top 100. Spoiler. Um, I probably, I don't know. We'll Well, see. see. That's fine. Next time I watch it. But uh, I was going to say maybe it'll only be a four and a half for me. I don't know about four. Because it is one of those, like, you can't say it's not close to perfect. I would would love (laughs) that this be only half star Shawshank and... Uh, I want these back to back. Next movie you watch, Shawshank, put this in your diary together. Uh, get them close uh, by. Did you you watch this on Tuesday, right? I think I watched on t- the same day, yeah. so I gotta log this accurately. Uh, no, and I, I will state half star bump for the music. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to try to save. Yeah, well, uh, let's just say next week, back at the top 100, uh, going for our number Six. 60 to 51. Yeah. So we're that'll be, once we're done that, we're halfway through. And then into the top 50. But, uh, I mean, these are all... We're, we're getting into the really passionate ones. So stay tuned for that mm-hmm. next week on Line of Sight. I'm a man and a man in motion. That's so good. That is good. <laughs> I also like that he says St. Elmo's Fire in it. Yeah. St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire.